to a book that I rarely ever go to, but it's a book uh, that um, I will probably uh, uh, teach on in the wintertime in our Bible study. I always do a book of the Bible. But let's go to the book of Hosea. Hosea, the sixth chapter. And I'm going to read three verses. Hosea, the sixth chapter, one through three. Uh, these three verses really gives you a characteristic about God that uh, is so prevalent in Scripture and is such a blessing to the body of Christ um, because God has a desire for his people. Um, he has a desire for his people. Uh, but I'm going to read these three verses. You can read along. It's on the screen. Um, are you ready for the word? It says, Come and let us return to the Lord, for he has torn, but he will heal us. He has stricken, but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On the third day, he will raise us up, that we may live in his sight. Let us know, let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain, like the latter and former rain to the earth. Now I'm going to read that in the New Living Translation um, because I really want you to understand these three verses and understand uh, the, the beauty uh, of, our, of our God. Um, it says in the New Living Translation, Come let us return to the Lord. He has torn us to pieces. Now he will heal us. He has injured us. Now he will bandage our wounds. In just a short time, he will restore us so that we may live in his presence. Oh, that we might know the Lord. Come on, say, oh, that we might know the Lord. Let us press on to know him. He will respond to us as surely as the arrival of dawn or the coming of rains in early spring. And I want to speak to you from the topic, God's desire to restore. God's desire to restore. Can you say that with me? God's desire to restore. I'm going to give you a little history about Hosea, but, but I want to um, just share with you um, from this text um, because we are entering into a season where I will be teaching and preaching a series of messages on the subject, pursuing a life of holiness, pursuing a life of holiness. It is a series where we will come to understand that holiness and sanctification is not a one-time experience. 
Holiness and sanctification, it is a lifelong commitment that will continue until we die or until the second coming of Jesus Christ. So you need to understand that living holy is a lifestyle. It is your way of life. A life of holiness is the believer who is in relationship with Jesus Christ, who learns and understands what pleases God and what God expects when he looks upon his saints. Holiness is our worship to God. I want to make this clear. Living holy does not earn your way to heaven. We're not... We're not earning our way to heaven trying to please God and, and pulling off stuff. That, that's not what that's all about. Living holy, we, because first of all, we are saved by grace and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? You, you, ain't, you ain't bypassing Jesus and, and thinking you all that. No, no. You, we are all saved by grace and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But to be holy is to be set apart from the world. It is not being conformed to this world, but it is to be transformed by having a spiritual mindset. Because God wants his people to be holy. Come on, say God wants his people to be holy. Romans 12 and 1, you all know it. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you what? Present your bodies, what? A living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, what? Which is your reasonable service. And what did it say, verse 2? And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. i got to think like Christ. I have to be renewed because if I have a mind of the world, I will not seek the will of God. But I have to be renewed. I have to know that I have to be renewed in my mind to be able to think right. Come on, say hallelujah for the word. Well, that phrase, reasonable service, is your form of worship. It is what you ought to do since you are in relationship with God. It's, it's no more than what you ought to do. If, if, if you're in relationship with anybody, it cannot be one-sided. Hello, somebody. If you're in relationship with anybody, it cannot be one-sided. Those of you that think that God exists to take care of you and just to bring you stuff, get in your word. We, we, we present our body a living sacrifice. It is a form of worship. Well, go to 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. But you are a what? Chosen generation, a royal priesthood, 
a holy nation, his own special people, or it says a peculiar people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now, what? The people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Keep reading, verse 11. Beloved, he says, I beg you, as, listen at this, sojourners and pilgrims, sojourners and pilgrims, to abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles, that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may be your good works which they observe glorify God in the day of visitation. Verse 12. Uh, well, let me read verse 12 in the New Living Translation because I want you to look at verse 12. The New Living Translation says, Be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. So we are to live honorably because we are chosen, we are peculiar before unbelievers so you will bring glory to, live to, to, glory to God. So another reason why you live holy uh, live save and then live holy because you bring glory to God. And I'm observing in the body of Christ generally that there are many who desire to fit in the world like we belong. But the word says we are sojourners and pilgrims. What that means is we're foreigners. Y'all ever read that? Well, I'm going to read it to you. Um, uh, listen, listen to the words of Jesus. John 17, 14 and 17. Now, you can write these scriptures down. John 17, 14 through 17. Listen to the words of Jesus. Uh, this is Jesus praying for his believers, his disciples. This is Jesus' prayer. And he says to God, I have given them your word. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. You all see that there? I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. Listen at this, verse 16. They are not of the world, just as I am am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is true. Jesus said that we are going to be sanctified by truth, and that is the word of God. Say amen. I just read the word. I didn't add to it. I didn't take away. So, so first of all, we must understand that we are of the kingdom of God. Or maybe you all didn't know that, that when you got saved, he saved you from the world. Now we are a witness to be a light to the world. 
Are you hearing me? So, the rhetorical question is, why are so many believers trying to pattern themselves after the world? When the Bible clearly says that we are not of the world. That's a rhetorical question. When it comes to living saved, what goes for me goes for you. I, I believe that these 13 years, I've, I've done a, probably a, a fair job of trying to discredit and get rid of legalism. I don't preach tradition. I don't preach what's not in the Bible. I can care less what you have on, as long as you're covered. As long as you're covered. If it's not in the word, I won't address it. I don't get into makeup, and I don't get into that. That's, that's legalistic. It, it's subjective. I don't get into that. I get into what clearly is in the word of God. I don't get into what my tradition is and what we used to do. I don't preach that. But I will and will until the Lord takes me home preach what's in the Bible. So I'm not, I'm not concerned about legalism. But, but if it's in the Bible, this, this I, I tell everybody where I go, if we didn't have this, do you know how messed up we would be? Do you know how many visions people would get and say, the Lord told me, the Lord told everybody. It would be just like, the Lord told me this, the Lord told me this, the Lord told me this. Where is your standard? If you don't have this, you, you need, this is your anchor. I was reading, and, and you all know the founder of, of Jehovah Witness went into the woods, and he said he saw an angel and the angel gave him this revelation. The founder of Islam, you can read that where an angel came to him. The found, founder of the Mormons said an angel visited him. Did you ever read where the Bible says that if an angel comes to you and do not preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, don't listen to him? Oh, I'll give you that scripture because it's in the Bible. Even if an angel... In other words, we have to have a standard. And the devil comes like an angel of light. But we got to have a standard. If, if we didn't have this, it would be chaos. It's chaos now with this. But, but we're going to make sure we do the word of God. Because God is looking for a people who will live the life of conviction that says, for God I live and for God I die. We all must understand that we have a flesh that, have a, that has a fleshly desire. And we must be aware of what is a spiritual desire and what is a fleshly desire. And not justify what we really want to do but if it's not the will of God, we may have to give it up. Think about that. There are some things that <laughs> I had to give up that I like doing. Some things you had to give up that you like doing. Amen? 
that may mean to let flesh die and become renewed in your thinking, to take on the mind of Christ. So preacher, what are you talking about specifically? For those ones who really want to see Jesus' face in peace, how many really want to see Jesus' face in peace? Turn with me to Galatians 5 and 19. Galatians 5 and 19. We're going to get back to the book of Hosea. That's our, that's our anchor. Galatians 5 and 19. Th this is so clear. And, and it's, oh, it's, it's really, um, I, would, I would like for you not to just take my word for it, but write the scriptures, bring a Bible, and you'll know exactly what the word of God says. Now, it says, uh, Galatians 5 and 19, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are what? Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not, what? Read it. Inherit the kingdom of God. Now, uh, in this season, I am going to do a teaching on every single one of these. Every single one. I want you to exactly know what every single one is talking about. I want you to be clear as crystal what he is talking about because what did it say in verse 21? It says those who what? Practice such things. What did it say? Will not inherit the kingdom of God. And all of us here want to inherit the kingdom of God. Amen? All of us here want to inherit the kingdom of God. So, so we, we must understand first that uh, God's word is true. So many times people preach not from the word of God, but it sounds good. But we have to preach what the word says. So people will get an understanding what, what, what's going on. Are you hearing me? But it's, 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 it's exciting. It's exciting because God does not come to condemn. It's, it's exciting because in Hosea, he tells you his purpose. See, see it's, it's kind of like this. If you ever raise a child... Do you let that child do anything they want to do? What, was there some, some teaching moments? Was there some correcting moments? But the ultimate uh, goal was to make sure that child has what he or she needed to be successful. My dad used to say, my mom used to say, I ain't going to do nothing. I ain't going to tell you nothing that's going to hurt you. And, and, and God is saying, 
I ain't coming to send you to hell. I ain't coming to slap you down. But I got to give you the word of God so you can understand what you need to do. Because Jesus is our sin remedy. Come on, say Jesus is our sin remedy. The gospel of Jesus Christ is good news. And we must understand the good news of Jesus Christ. You ever, you ever had a flat tire, flat, flat tires on your car? Uh, anybody ever had a flat tire? It's, conven it's inconvenient, right? Is it inconvenient? It, it, may, it may set you back on some time. Some of you is going, you know, 80% or 90, 99% of you going to call uh, roadside service. Some of us still from the 70s and 80s, we still know how to change a tire. Not that we're going to, but we know how to change a tire. But, but my point is, you can't ride around in a, on a flat. So you have to fix the flat. Come on, just say fix the flat. Because God wants to restore. Look at somebody and say, God wants to restore and bless you. He really does. He wants to restore and bless you. There is a continual theme in the Bible that you must be aware of. God restores his people. God restores his people. Come on, say, God restores his people. It is up to us to walk in our victory and realize that God is not the big scary monster who was waiting for you to slip up so he can send you to hell. That's, that's not what, what he is. He, the, the Bible does not, uh, the Bible says so many things about uh, being lost and not accepting Jesus, but, but it also tells us how you can turn to him and be forgiven. God has given everyone on earth the same chance. Everyone on earth has the same chance. He has no respect of person. All can be saved. Come on, say all can be saved. Now, our text is very beautiful and unique. The book of Hosea is one of the unique books of the Bible because Hosea talks mostly about his autobiography. Hosea talks about his life. God tells Hosea to marry a prostitute. Now, come on, God, I'd have to... <laughs> He tells Hosea to take a harlot for a wife to show his people, Israel, what it's like to be in covenant with them and they cheat on him with false gods. That is the purpose of Hosea. Though Hosea did not neglect Judah, he wrote mostly to the northern kingdom of Israel, often referred to Ephraim. And Hosea 
is a book of six facets that involve sin, salvation, judgment, and restoration. Sin, salvation, judgment, and restoration. Sin, come on, say sin, salvation, judgment, and restoration. There's some other facets we'll get to. It, it is set against a backstory of a conventional marriage between Hosea and his wife Gomer. And Gomer broke the marital covenant. God used their relationship to illustrate the fact that his people with whom he had entered into a sacred covenant with had broken faith by committing spiritual adultery with false gods. Their actions broke God's heart. Israel's sin brought judgment. Just like Gomer, Hosea's wife suffered for her adultery. God's people suffered for their disobedience and when they went after false gods. But this book also demonstrates God's heart for forgiveness and reconciliation. Oh, bless his name. God told Hosea to welcome his wife back and forgive her even though she had been unfaithful. And through Hosea's actions, God was saying to Israel, I will welcome you back if you will re-covenant yourselves to me. You got to get the picture here. Gomer was a harlot, therefore Gomer had a reputation. Everybody whispered about Gomer. Here is the prophet taking her as a wife and she didn't get that itch out of her. So he would, he married her and then she got her old desires and, and she would go out with other men and, and God said, go get her. And he would come back, he would dust her off, give her a bath, bring her back and love her. He had children by her and it was a repeated cycle. And what God was saying is, I love my people so much, I don't want to see them lost. So I'm not going to slap them and throw them down and make them feel bad. I want to let them know that i got to judge you, I've got to spank you, but ultimately I want to bring you back. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad God didn't throw you away? Is there anybody that, that had to get forgiveness of something and, and, and you messed up, but, but God didn't send you to hell? He, he brought you back? Oh, we ought to praise God for restoration. Come on, just say, such were some of you. It's not the time to be on your high horse like you haven't done anything wrong. He, he shows his people that this is how you treat me. 
I can do anything you want. I'm in relationship. I want to be your lover. I want to be your provider. You don't need anything else. And Gomer gets that urge. As, as my father used to say, all of Egypt was not out of her. And that's what God has to deal with. Holiness is about perfecting this spiritual man. So we are double-dipped in the world. We are double-dipped in sin. Some things feel so good. Some things feel so natural. Some things feel so right. But is it the word of God? God chose his people that I want you back. Come on, say, I want you back. I want you back. Some of you may have been, I, I, I've done something last night and, and, and I'm, I'm guilty. God said, you don't have to feel guilty. You can come and just say, Lord, I turn from my wicked way. No matter what you did last night, no matter what you did an hour ago, God is saying, come, 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 come. He is saying, he is saying, let us return to the Lord. Let's let, he, he has torn us to pieces. Now he will heal us. He spanked you, but now he's going to restore you. He, he had to get your attention, but it was for your healing. See, see, restoration, put in your notes, restoration means repair. Restoration means heal. Healing. Restoration is to bring back to right standing. And God's saying, God's saying, my ultimate goal is for you to be Christ-like. As I was writing this, I had to, had to think about my life. Sometimes we think God exists to make us a better version of myself. But when you really think about it, a better version of yourself is still sinful. <laughs> In other words, he gave us Jesus who took our sins, took our faults, and he died on the cross. And then he says, I'm trying to make you more Christ-like. In other words, Take on the mind of Christ. So it is not what would you do. It is what would Jesus do. How would Jesus want me to perform? We were in the car going to the airport yesterday. And of course, I was going slow. I was looking for something. And this man behind me just lit into the gun. So now I'm just getting a little, excuse me, on that list was uh, fits of rage, okay, y'all pray for me because I got a little, I was getting a little rage, I was, I was getting upset because I was like, why don't you just go around? <laughs> see, see, you know, I, I said that to say, see, see that, 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 that stuff is still there. <laughs> Uh, 
That's why Paul said you got to beat it daily. He was, he was shouting. He put up the side of me and, and <laughs> thank God for a praying wife. I guess she saw the look on my face. She was like, she was like, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. You know. But that, it's, it's kind of like this. You ever, I used to think computers, I'm getting ready to close. I used to think computers when it said delete, delete, until I took a, took a information systems class. And it says that just because you deleted off your machine, it never comes off your machine. It, it says it's a pointer there. So in other words, it just stops pointing to it. See, when you get saved, the blood of Jesus cleanses you from all filthiness of the flesh. If you walk in the spirit, but if you don't stay prayed up, but if you don't get in this word, it, it, <laughs> you, you, that, that old man can rise up. You got Bible? Yeah, look at Romans. When, when, when Paul said, the, the good that I would, I, I could not. The evil that I don't want to do, I end up doing. You know, you got you to gotta work on flesh every single day. Do I have a witness? It never goes away. Oh, I wish I was like, Oh, mother so-and-so, she ain't got no problems. It never goes away. You're looking on the surface. You don't know the struggles and the issues. You don't know what it took to get up here. Fasting and praying. But the good thing is, it says, he says, in just a short time, he will restore us so that we may live in his presence. He wants us to be in his presence. God's desire is for us to dwell in his presence. David says, one thing have I desired. That will I pursue. That will I seek after. That I may dwell in the what? House of the Lord. To inquire in it temple, to, to just be in a place where I can hear from God. Sin brings punishment, but repentance brings restoration. Come on, say restoration. There is nothing you can do that God won't forgive. His love, his grace, and mercy is available to all. No one here should look down at anyone else. If you are saved, God wants restored you through Jesus Christ. Do I have a witness that God restored you? So that text says, come and let us return to the Lord. I'm done. It says, for he has torn, but he will heal. He has stricken but he will bind us up. After two days, he will revive us. On that third day, he will raise us up that we may live 
in his sight. Let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. I want to know. I want to know what God wants. I want to know what he requires. His going forth is established as the morning. He will come to us like the rain. He will, he will pour on us. If you seek him, he will pour on you. If, if you seek him, he will give you answers. If you, if you push to Christ, he will come to you. No one here has to feel guilty. Jesus said, I've thrown it into the sea, what God has for me. Well, like I said in the previous message about three weeks ago, you cannot tailor the word to fit you. You cannot tailor the word. That's okay. it, 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 it's like this. Any tailoring is going to be from us. You don't tailor, like a tailor tailors the garment to fit you. Salvation is one size fits all. If, if there's any tailoring, it's going to be the cutting of our flesh. Because he cannot take out of his word. He he, he respects his word. He said, I put my word. He, he even said when I...